everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Third Person Podcast. My name is Chris Milhouse, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Daryl Hammond. Hello, Daryl. How are you? So, were you a DJ? I was, and I used to talk like this all the time. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do uh, one hour per morning on BJ105 in Orlando, and <clears throat> you know those liners they would give you to say? Oh, yeah, you know, all like, the time. We had BJ 105, nothing but the hits here at 11 minutes after with Boy Georgia Culture Club. <laughs> yeah, I always, I used to do uh, those types of voices and because uh, I always wanted to sound professional, you know? Like, yeah. Mine, uh, I was on the rock station in San Diego, Rock 105.3, <laughs> City of Rock Station. <laughs> that was Metallica coming in with, uh, you know, Enter Sandman. Is that Something the voice like that. you used? Yeah, I used to try to like sound more rock and roll and more animated and more amped up because I feel like that's what all radio DJs always sounded like. You know, like they always sounded like strip club announcers, <clears throat> you know, and they're like, coming to the stage, cinnamon. Our, our announcers at One Nighters in the Bronx uh, 20 years ago when people would go, and here it is, Chris Mildhouse. Let him know. <laughs> Let him know. Come on, clap it up, folks. Clap it up. Clap it up. She's clapping it up for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I thought I had a pretty good DJ voice, but everyone, everyone said it was too fake. You know, it was sort of like um, BJ one hundred and five with Wham. <laughs> Nothing but the hits. Can't fight this feeling. Ario speed, Speedwagon here at eleven minutes after BJ one hundred and five. Nothing but the hits with Boy Georgia Culture Club. <laughs> I wasn't. Any, I was no good. Well, here's a here's a fun story. Uh, so I worked back in uh, early 2000s. I worked for Clear Channel, and at, uh, this is down in San Diego, and they owned uh, 12 radio stations at once. So it was kind of crazy. They had this big, you know, um, big conglomerate in San Diego, and uh, so I started getting work on other stations because I was with one. So I was doing nights and weekends, like overnights, weekends uh, on the rock station. And then they put me on um, the classic rock station, just different. And so I was so worried about being on the classic rock station and not sounding old enough. Because let's face it, my voice sounds like uh, somebody that got stuck during puberty and never made it out. But I used to like, so I used to just get, I would be like, yeah, that was Foghat and Slow Ride. I remember when that joint came out. Yeah, man, those were good days. Yeah. That shit came out Fly. in the 70s. I wasn't even alive, man. Flock of seagulls here at, you know, yeah. 11 minutes after. Yeah, and then um, one time I got in huge trouble because I got double booked on the same weekend by the two stations. And uh, I was like, well, maybe I could run back and forth between the studios and and do it but i i couldn't and so because it would they always te- like lined up their breaks at the same time so all the stations were in the same commercial break which is shitty but that's what you do and um so i changed so you can voice track which is pre-record all your stuff and so i did that so i didn't get in trouble but i had so that my voice wasn't on the same you know on two stations at the same time i did one with a terrible english accent uh, yeah, it was so bad. It was like, oh, hello, hello, hello. Oh, this is Lawrence over here on 101.5 KGB. And it's like, dude, are you Australian or are you English? Wait, wait, wait. What state were you in? San Diego in California. Yeah, well, they might not have. That might have passed. It's not, oh, it's, pretty, yeah. it's, it's halfway decent, dude. <laughs> it's pretty shitty. Uh, 
And apologies to anybody who's listening who's from either uh, England or um, Australia, because that sounded like a shitty hybrid of both. But um, I got caught. I got busted. Uh, I made it through most of the shift, and I got busted towards the end. Apparently, my program director just turned on the radio station at one point and was like, uh, hey, who the fuck is Lawrence? So I changed my name and did the English accent. And he's like, why does he sound like you doing a shitty accent? <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know, man. The, I think the, more I, I, the more I get to know you, the, the more I'm apt to put you on the weird and wonderful spectrum because you do weird shit. <laughs> and, and so do I. And you're, you're really great at what you do, but you also do some weird fucking shit. Fuck yeah, I do. I, you know, I mean, I, I think it was my mom who even said us growing up. She's like, would you rather be weird or would you rather be boring? And I was like, well, I'd rather be weird because, you know what, it at least makes me unique and I stand out, so. Well, T-Rex likes to hunt. Yeah, exactly. Chris likes to fucking let his freak flag fly. Yeah, Um, and I I mean, I tried back then. That's the most important thing is I tried. Uh, Ended up uh, trying to do the rap radio station they had there because they bought a rap station. And uh, I did not not know any new rap very well at all. So started making up fake facts about the rap songs and rappers. I mean... It was uh, it was fun for me, and I lasted literally a weekend. And then they were like, "No, we can't." Well, I would I would do like walk-ons on on the show. They would have you would hear a door open, and then the DJ would go, "Hey, what? Johnny Carson is here? <laughs> oh, perfect!" And I would walk in there. <clears throat> See if I can remember Johnny. <clears throat> it was so cold in Tempe, Arizona. It was. Uh, well, it's not bad now. But <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Here's something that's absolutely strange. Um, yeah. And then I would do, and then, of course, when Leno succeeded him, I was doing Leno like, this is very exciting, actually, even more exciting. You know about this? Oh, 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 oh. this is true. This is true. Oh. <laughs> it's fucking great, man. I love your impressions. You are the king. I'm impressed. Well, I made a living at it anyway. Um, yeah, you don't I get there for no list- I hope people listening, you know, apparently, Chris, people really like this podcast. Yeah, you know, we're getting a lot of good feedback. And if anybody's listening for the first time, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, please tell your friends. Everybody, tell your friends because we're trying to grow this thing organically from the ground I didn't up. Know that pe- I didn't know that people would, you know, some friends of mine are pretty smart people are commenting saying, it's so interesting to hear people, the comedians talk uh, about, yeah, it's about kind stuff. Of, it's kind of like a behind the scenes in the green room almost, you know, where it's just the comics and we, we happen to be recording what we are bullshitting about. That's what our green rooms sound like. Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm an average slob. I'm not remarkable in any way. And yet I've, uh, you know, been in rooms with the most famous people in the history of the world for the last 20 something years of my life. Yeah, that's you know? incredible, man. And I mean, I'm just like this normal fucking guy that really is an ex- could talk like other people a little bit and ended up over there in, in that uh, Magic Kingdom. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, you achieved something that people dream about. And, you know, myself included, I am, uh, you know, I'm a fan of watching your career. So it's yeah. not, uh, you know, it's not to say that, uh, you know, that that it's it's not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's to be admired. There you go. That's oh, what well, think of, you know, you think of careers, think of someone like our guest today who can do just about any fucking thing, right? Yeah. Andy Sedaris, from writing to dramatic acting to sketch comedy, I mean, 
Absolutely. And you, and you never hear anyone say, oh, Amy Sedaris, I don't know. No, you always hear things. People just are like, Amy Sedaris, wow. it's incredible. Yeah, she's, uh, I'm excited. She's, uh, she's on the podcast today. And uh, what do you say? Should we bring her on? Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell right. yeah. Let's see if we can get her on here. Hi. Hello, Amy. How are you doing? Hey. Amy, how lucky are we? <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you. What's ladies, up? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the third person podcast, the great Amy Sedaris. Amy, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's just so awesome to have you. <laughs> Wait a minute, are you so you two are at different you're different at different places? No, He's both, in my bedroom. We're both in the same apartment. Really? Uh, the same apartment. Yeah, do, yeah. Do, do, uh, tell me about your friendship. We'll get started, but I'm curious how you guys know each other. Well, we met doing stand up. Um I've been in stand up for about fifteen years. Uh and we met doing stand up and I ran shows in both LA and New York. Okay. So, we uh, we would cross paths there, and uh, and then one day we you know he just asked me he's like would you want to start a podcast? And said, oh boy, that would be great. Yeah. And Chris, I'm, I'm lucky. Uh, Chris produces great comedy shows in L.A. and New York, and uh, I've done some of them. And uh, I had I I didn't expect us to be any good, but I guess we're not that bad. <laughs> there you go. Way to have faith in us, Daryl. <laughs> uh, I have to ask Amy. Can you tell I, I got a facial yesterday? Your face looks really nice. It looks very shiny and yeah. smooth. Where did you go and get your facial? At Portofino. Oh, and what? Uh, how long was the session? Like an hour? Yeah, I, I would say it was about forty minutes. Um, do you go there a lot, or do you, is it? A- I, I have gone there in the past because my skin gets scaly and starts looking shit, like mm. like weird. Uh-huh. But when I was in Los Angeles, you know, during the first few months of COVID, I start. I don't know if you want to talk about any of these stories, but I started getting sores on my face, which I was told were like symptoms of solitary confinement because I was don't. I was locked inside, like they yeah. said. Yeah. And so. Uh, when I got to New York and I, I, I had to move, I moved back to New York because there was no reason to be in LA if I couldn't do anything, anything but stay inside. And so, um, and I, my, my two stores went away, but there was still like this hunk of shit on my cheek that was grossing me out. So I went to Portofino and they're, they're awfully good. Well, your face looks fantastic. Well, God newborn damn, I, baby face, right? I, it is. It's a baby face. It looks <laughs> really good. It must have been nice to have someone touch your face. Yeah, you know what I, I really, mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, it's like any kind of hands-on. You must be. So, are you are you not getting hugs? Am I not getting what? Hugs. Hugs? No, I'm not getting any hugs. But I'm Wait. not complaining. I'm no not a big hugs. hugger anyway, so it's it's fine. I'm just saying, you know. No, I'm not. Would be not, it, it wouldn't be bad to have someone touch your face or your cranium. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while, I know. I went. I went, and I. I uh, here I go again. Um, I, I got. I, I got a, a pedicure, and. Um, well, this just the, goes on and on. Good for you, pampering yourself. He is getting pampered. Look at this. Look at look at look at Daryl living the life you over there. Get a collar on your nails, or just a pedicure. I, Amy, I, I didn't get color on my nails. Okay. I didn't even let them gloss <laughs> them. Uh-huh. I don't know what you fancy on your feet. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, all I want to say is when she gave me my my little foot rub, it was astounding. 
Like, wow. whoa, Jesus Christ. Wow. Human, human <laughs> contact, mammal stuff. Now, in LA, did you have a backyard at all, or or do you do you have a backyard here in New York, or no, no? Either? No, I just have an apartment here in, uh, on the Upper West, but you know, Riverside Park is right outside the window. So, oh, okay. Um, you live in New York. I live in New York. I don't have outdoor space. And, you know, if you want to go to the woods in New York, you just go to Central Park. I mean, that's the woods, really. But um, <laughs> it is nice when you're able to get away and get into nature. Um, do you think – it? do you go out ever? Outside? Yeah. Every day I leave my apartment. Every day. And do you have lunch with people? No, I okay. haven't eaten out. And um and I have never and I haven't ordered in. I cook for wow. myself. That's pretty okay. great. That's pretty great. But every day I pick a place to walk to to get something, an ingredient, or just to make sure that I'm out there walking around and staring at people. But <laughs> yeah, I, I feel if I can get a little human one-on-one interaction going on, I'm, I'm I, f- I feel healthier and my day is much better. Right. If it's even social distancing on a park bench or even at an outdoor cafe, just talking to someone because in LA there was nothing. Right, right. No. Plus in LA it's so much about the industry and it would be hard to be surrounded by that all the time. You know, just constantly reminding yourself you're not working. (laughs) I mean, I I, I had somebody in in Marina Del Rey I would go and have dinner a very important person to me three nights a week, but the rest of the time I'm by myself. Yeah. And, you know, I was living at the foot of the hill of the comedy store. I was doing spots, like, a lot. Loved it. Did a lot of Chris's shows. And when all that shit dried up, you know, uh, I realized uh, I can't afford to the luxury of living in two cities anymore. Right, I mean, right. Luckily, you know, God bless. Thank you, God. Um, I can live in one city. Right. Um, you know, comfortable. I'm bit, <clears throat> I don't buy a... If you've ever seen my wardrobe, you know that I'm I'm not out there color coordinating and <laughs> buying a lot of uniforms. Yeah, buying a lot of clothes. But now, Amy, let me ask you a question. How do you know Daryl besides the fact that he, I know he's done your show before? I don't. It was the first time. I mean, other than being a huge fan and I read his book and I just saw his documentary, but a, a huge fan. And and then he did our show, a Christmas special that we did. And we were just like, oh, my God, I wish you could be in every episode. <laughs> you know, and I'm always surprised when people say yes the second time and the third time. I'm always like, oh. I mean, gonna, yeah. I did it three times, you know. And he, he and, um, the last one I did sort of a big daddy from Canada. Oh, the best. Which was just extraordinarily so well written. Every take you did, you would tweak it a little bit, and it was so hard for us not to laugh, and then your mustache <laughs> kept flying up. It was really funny. I gotta um, say, I, I love the show, by the way. I mean, it is just, it's excellent. You know, the thing I was telling Daryl before, before we uh, had you join, is that it's so silly, and it's brilliant silly. I, I, it makes me cackle every time I watch it. Well, it's Great. fun to do. It's a show. I like that it's in a, all on a sets. I, I wanted that I Dream a Genie feeling of like never leaving the world, which is a great <laughs> quarantine show. Yeah, it's uh, great. It's perfect. You, know, you make up your own world and then you can do anything. So it was kind of a perfect little, uh, sh- you know, show. Yeah. I love the concept and I love the writing. It's really, it's just really unique. Thank you. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I can't wait to see Daryl on more often. 
Um, I, oh. I, I like the zany announcer I play as yeah, well. Zany, and then you came up with the Burt Condy hairdo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you would just change your look. It was like, why not? And you're like, yeah, do it. Whatever you want to do. It's like, whatever you want to do. That was our... <laughs> well, are you missing working, I guess? I do. I miss it a lot. I can't stand not working. Do you film in, in New York or L.A.? In New York. In New York. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Are you guys going back into production anytime soon or no? No. No. No, no idea. No, um, okay. right. Everything's on hold right now. It's so frustrating. Everything's on hold. But I feel good about, I don't know, some part of me is like I, I'm, I'm eager to move forward too. Like yeah. new and it just seems like a, a new time to try new things. I feel weird that oh, go on. I just feel weird that I haven't been in, <clears throat> in front of a crowd. I know they are. I know. I got to get you to do one of these shows, man. I, I mean, I've been doing. I do stand up as well, but I do it. I'm doing these outdoor shows, and I feel comfortable doing an outdoor comparatively to if it was indoors. I know some states have indoor stuff open, and I, I'm not really looking to do those yet. I think eventually, maybe if the numbers keep going down, but. Uh, Daryl, gotta get you to get one of these, man. These, some of these are great, and you know they're they're spaced away, so everyone's spaced apart. And well, what's it like with nature? Like, is it weird to be outside at the same time? Like, it is, uh, and uh, you know, uh, it's weather. different. It, it's yeah. definitely different. It's you know, with the comedy clubs, the one thing that makes comedy clubs so great is that the ceilings are low, and your laughs get trapped in. So you hear this bigger laughs, and then if you're outdoors, sometimes. It, it, People will be laughing, and you're like, "Are you laughing? I don't know." There's a bus driving by. You know, there's kids. Crying yeah, that, in the that's why. That's why the rooftop shows make more sense to me. Yeah, the rooftop it's ones not, have been pretty cool. What are rooftop shows? Literally, when you're on a rooftop. Yeah, so it's oh, just like okay. outdoor rooftop with the seating all spaced out, and you know, most people are wearing masks unless they're having a sip of a drink or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. It's pretty good. I mean, and I got to say, most of the shows that I've done, the people have, um, whoever's running them, have taken, uh, you know, the Clorox wipes and wiped down the mic in between each comedian and stuff. So, you know, it's pretty safe. And I, I, I'm enjoying them. And I think it's the best that we can get right now. And, you know, at least it's something. So I got to get Daryl to come join one of these if he's, uh, if he's up for it. Do it, Daryl. This is the time to explore. That's what this is, we're supposed to be doing is exploring. I, I did a, a, one of these storytelling shows in Los Angeles, and uh, it was a show from my set. It's pretty funny. I've <laughs> told it a lot of times. I love the story. It's one of my favorite stories, but it's closer to a story than a joke, so I told this story on a storytelling show, and silence, oh, and no. nothing, and no one, I, I, you know, you know, like when we did... You know, did your show? There were people around the set watching the monitors, and you could see them enjoying the words. And I played to them. You know, yeah, that's your there audience. was yeah. there was a, fu- a a crowd. Yeah, yeah. a crew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did used to do the same thing at SNL. You know, right? Um, when we would have tech rehearsals, but but I don't. With no sound. Here's oh. my. I'm, I'm getting ready. To my favorite part of the story. I tell. I give the line. This, here's where I get the laughs and the applause. Nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like, was this on Zoom? Is that what you said? It's on Zoom. Yeah, it was on Zoom, and it was. Uh, it's a great idea because 
in LA, those storytelling shows, people fucking love those shows and they're really fun to yeah. go to. But there's a crowd. So we, you know what I mean? Right, you gotta have it. It's like, you know, I watch Bill Maher's show and, you know, he was trying, it's hard, it was hard to, you know, give a tough part time too without the audience. Yeah, because it's like, it's like shooting baskets in the dark. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. If I can't hear the crowd, I don't know how to, how, how to play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always thought it'd be weird to do those shows like Charlie Rose, where it's just you yeah. and I or Larry King and there's no audience. And maybe there's crew, but there's not met much crew. And you're just, I was always like, that's more like an intimate, com- that's a date to me. You know, like don't <laughs> go out on a date, then just do it without any, without the audience. The, the a interview. date. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I did the Bob Costa show when he had one on HBO, and when I got there, there was no audience. And I asked him, I said, I can't do it. I, I don't know how to do it with no crowd. So he goes around the building, and he gets like 20 people that work there to come in. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a little audience. That's great. Really what, a, yeah, what, a, what an innovator there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wow. But there's something to be said about stand-up doing it online comparatively to, you know, where we normally do it with crowds. Like, the art of stand-up to me is always much better when you have that in-person reaction because you have real time, you know, and, and you know, some little thing that you could do in, in, on stage with your eyes or your face and it gets a big laugh, whereas you do it on Zoom, somebody may not notice because it maybe cuts out or right, right. something so like i i never really had any interest in doing these zoom comedy shows but um you know these outdoor ones are are, are something to be did you know done i think well if someone invites my ass maybe i will come <laughs> oh, there you go. next one i do i'm gonna bring you with me i'm just not gonna show the fuck up and, nah. and try to beg stage I'll, time. I'll get you an invite don't you worry <laughs> all right i have a question for um amy if that's cool yeah so I'm going to say this line, Amy, Amy, and you tell me what it means to you. And was, oh, come on. That's something I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, and the line is, are you driving off that old tee? Aunt Kate? Uh, is, it, is it a golfing term? Are you driving off that old tee? Like well, the same yeah. tea? Are you it, like going to your trunk? Yeah, well, you're, it was from a scene I saw you were playing Aunt Kate. Oh, maybe on the, a USA show. That doctor show, I got to drive a golf cart. No, you were talking about, you know, in a restaurant, talking about being gay with someone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. But, uh, yeah, something set forth in the title. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was so great. It was, it was uh, dramedy. It was kind of dramatic, but it was funny. Oh, boy. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, was, I, I remember doing that. And I think the name, uh, the, uh, there was a number seven in the title of that. Yeah. Yeah. No one knew what that was, but. <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, uh, Amy, like, you do such great characters. You're such a great character uh, artist here. And uh, have you ever auditioned for Saturday Night Live? No. No, you never auditioned? Never auditioned. I had a meeting once with Lauren Michaels. It was when Janine Garofalo was leaving, but it was just a conversation. And at the time, I was doing a play with my brother, David. Okay. And, um, 
And it's, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, it was fun to meet Lauren Michaels. He wasn't, he wasn't offering me anything. We were just having a conversation, but maybe that was your audition. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but, but I was also new, like it was almost five years too late. If, if you know, I felt like I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. Well, that's important. At least you yeah. recognize that at that moment where you're like, I don't really need this, but it, you take the meeting anyway, of course. Cause yeah. Daryl yeah. said in the past, he's like, who wouldn't take a meeting with more Michael? Oh yeah. There's great. nobody that's not answering the phone for that guy. Right. Yeah. How was I that mean, meeting? How did, how did that go? Like, did you have any, I can't even remember what we chit chatted about or maybe he read about our play and the, or he knew something about it and he was asking me what I was doing. And I told him what I was doing and, and it didn't last long, but, um, I, I don't really remember. That okay. About it. So when you were 20, like with me, I was at, at uh, University of Florida, and I saw um, Truman Capote speaking, and um, and this guy in the audience, they let people from the audience ask questions, and this one guy gets up there, and he's like, are you homosexual? Right? <laughs> so Truman was like, is that a proposition? You know? <laughs> and that, it, was, it exploded. You, the, the first time I heard an audience explode with laughter, and I thought, I want that. That's that's. I want this. I want that. This sound. This feeling. I want to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a time earlier earlier on, or was there a time well, in your life? I grew up life? in a funny family, so we were always. All of us had a good sense of humor, and all of us were trying to make each other laugh. But I remember when I saw SCTV. That's when yeah. I was like, I liked that all the sets looked like they had just made them. And that some of the sets would be falling down as they were doing. The, <laughs> you know. and, I, and I liked all the, the characters and the costumes and the women were funny. And that's the first show that really inspired me. Other than, you know, Carol Burnett and I Love Lucy. I love those kinds of shows. But SCTV, I just like that whole, you know, watching that whole, all the sets and, and everything. Yeah, why did that mean so much to you to see the sets? Like, how would you even describe that 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 effect? Like, It just looked, it looked inexpensive. I mean, you had Friday Night, Saturday Night Live was on too, and I liked their sets, but their sets were almost complete. Where SCTV, you had to use your imagination a little bit. You know, they just got like little set pieces. You know, it wasn't as big as it was wasn't as as big as Saturday Night Live, and I kind of just preferred their production. I uh, I was uh, slightly addicted to a few of those characters, I believe. Um, Please, John Candy, and I mean, what was the, what was there was uh, the Sammy Maudlin show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and John Candy played William B. something, William, Willie B. <laughs> Clarity. Uh, uh, and then, um, wow. And ca- I saw Catherine O'Hara do Brooke Shields, and I went, what the fuck? And then Lola, Lola, her character. How, how could you, like, I, I'm occasionally struck by looking at some performance. I'm struck with the idea that, you know what? I can't do that. I can't do that. Really? But, and I can't figure out how she did that, you know? Uh, yeah, okay. sometimes. Uh-huh. Any, any great performer, there's a little bit of a mystery for me there. I'm like, wow. Like, I have this these books here. Uh, these I'll show you. I have these um, Groucho Marx scripts, right? Uh-huh. And I read them because I'm an, I'm a little slightly in awe of, of that guy, right? And so, I some of these I read them and I go, okay, 
I, I see how he did wrote that. Uh-huh. But some of them, like, I don't know how the fuck he wrote that. I don't know how the fuck he did that. It's like, or a Steinbeck book, same thing, or Richard Pryor, or sometimes you, you know? Mm-hmm. When you're really having a hot, hot day, <laughs> I can't figure out how the fuck, I'm like, how, how, does, how did you get there? You know, you know what I mean? But I found, I'm sorry, you guys, I'm talking too much. No, go ahead, keep going. Uh-huh. No, you talk, mate. <laughs> Come on, Daryl. This is podcast. I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I panicked when you were like, at the end of our show, we ask everybody, because I'm not a good storyteller. I get I get bored with myself, <laughs> or I start thinking of something else, and I always think no one's listening with my, my life. No, 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 no. I'm not a good one, but um, anyway. Well, that's how I, I felt when I, I did that storytelling show in L.A. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I don't hear a sound. Boy, yeah. tumbleweeds, that's tough. Tumbleweeds, and I've done it. You know, I've had so many tumbleweed slash cricket nights um, in the first, you know, 10 years of my career as a stand-up. Where I just... <laughs> and we there. all do. As stand-ups, we always, uh, you know, we always have to battle that. But it makes you stronger. You learn from it. You learn yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. I mean, it sucks. it sucks. You gotta fail. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It, <laughs> to me, I never did stand up, but I like... I like working off somebody else or yeah. I like working. You did improv, right? The, yeah. With yeah. the audience. But to be up there with a microphone, um, I just that, that that to me is really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what did you say after? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when he's saying like, you know, you've got to fail. You Sometimes, you know, that's the part you, 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 know, you, you have to fail to get successful. Thing. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I saw a sign once that said smooth, smooth seas make for shitty sailors and i'm like i'm like i don't need to fucking hear that but the now truth was above his bed <laughs> by the time i ever got in front of lauren michaels and in, in the most unnerving uh, theatrical experience of my life at that time um i i'd bombed a lot of times i'd been booed off stage i mean i'd been through a lot i mm-hmm. i had a pretty strong nerve you mm-hmm. know because of all the fucked up sh- i mean people booing me Oh gosh! Have you been booed? Uh, I got booed when I did something. I was in eighth grade, and they were having some kind of competition. Um, oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, his name's Chuck something. Um, Sam Rockwell did a movie about him, The Gong Show, and they did a local Gong Show in Raleigh. And I went wow. down there and I did the monologue from The Effect of Marigolds. I mean, uh, The Effect of Gamma Rays. I mean, Marigolds. And I did a character from there, and I got booed off stage. Wow. Well, you know, yeah. Is it because you, you did you feel that you you didn't give a good performance, or it was a, it was a broad character that I was doing, very very broad. And one of the judges said it's like one of those dolls where you pull the string, but she never shuts up. But I mean, it was it was a big <laughs> character choice. I get it, and and a big character with a long monologue. It was a lot to ask someone to listen to it. I mean, that was in eighth grade. Well, you know, sometimes... Who's an eighth grader? <laughs> you know, that's eighth. a lie. I was in 10th grade. Okay, 10th graders get booed. I was in 10th grade. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Still, that's still, still fucking yeah. harsh. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, it's possible that the the people listening are just not right. You know, not 
Oh, it's not the right audience. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I've been. Sometimes I, I did a thing in front of a, a group of librarians, and it was one of the best audiences I've ever done anything in front of ever. Well, that doesn't strike me as dangerous at all. I mean, librarians. I was just, I thought librarians. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but it was fantastic. Well, I'll tell you a dangerous crowd for me was <clears throat> this corporate event that I did. Where I was standing backstage and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm supposed to be on, right? You know, it was like time for me to go on. And they went, the, the promoter said, um, not yet. They're praying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so like, good. What? <laughs> They're praying. And I said, is this a, a, a prayer group? And, they, and the guy said, well, yeah. Did anyone tell you that? I was like. No, um, I would have. I would have run, run in the opposite direction at Wards. For God's sake, I'm from oh, Saturday Night man. Live. How did someone not tell you that? I someone didn't tell me that, and someone dropped the ball. And I was supposed to go out there for sixty mind-numbing minutes. And I mean, you know, I I, I say when I talk to promoters, there can't be children. Well, I go out there, and there's like children from five to ten years old, maybe. This is at the Marriott, and there's maybe <coughs> 20 or 30 of them in the front running around. And the second I said, well, anyway, Bill Clinton, they began to squeal. The CEO of the corporation is sitting in the front row, and it's sort of macabre because if he doesn't laugh, they won't laugh. And all of a sudden... You know, I was Beelzebub, all right? I was a cloven-hooved, um, <laughs> a cloven-hooved uh, agent of, of Beelzebub. And, and that's how they responded to me. You know, here's a guy. I've played the White House. I've played White House Correspondence <laughs> Dinners. I've played big theaters. I've played the talk show circuit, you know, done pretty good in my life and here i am 22 minutes into my set and i haven't had a laugh yet oh they throwing holy water at you <laughs> like i was a minotaur like <laughs> horror show booed like i booed Oof. um one time i uh my agent uh, um built booked me on a show in daytona beach and i was excited because there were 1500 people there and i went out there and they were from uh they were children, again. Oh. Uh, and I said the word shitload. Mommy, he's in your shitload. And I got booed off. Yeah. I got booed off in the Bronx one time. Yeah, it's my three booed off stage. All these all-ages yeah. shows are just like, there's such a nightmare to do unless you're a Christian comic, I guess. You know, like, unless you're known for being that clean comic. I, it's so, uh, they're so difficult. Right. Because the parents are like on edge, knowing that their kids are there, so they're not really laughing. And if the kids aren't laughing, then the parents are pissed. And then it's like, oh, like I did two cruise ship gigs, and they were like, it was it was awful. The first one was okay, kind of, and the second one, I mean, it, the kids quickly realized they're like, wait, he's not a clown. <laughs> when is he gonna make the balloon animals? And then they got, you know, they could see that they got, you know what do you use the word antsy and then they got up and they left i walked to the room of kids but at least they didn't like stay there and just be like what is going on and like start talking during it and 
they all left. That would be tough. It was brutal. After that second one, I quit. I was like, this is just not my thing. I mean, I I have so much respect for the guys that do this. And like, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Like it's, it's, unless you're, you know, that completely clean comedian that could be across the board, which I'm not. I mean, I, I can be clean. I cannot swear and things like that, but I didn't, I didn't know that I should be tailoring material Right. for kids and younger audiences and parents. And, and plus, again, you're out there by yourself or if you're oh, yeah. a troop or someone else and you're like, okay, let's just make each other laugh. This is our show. Yeah, it's I mean, the, which is good. But. The closest thing I had was maybe doing some crowd work and, and trying to save the the clean set with the, with those people doing crowd work and making fun of them, you know, right, and trying right, to do that right. on the fly. So that's like the only thing I could do. But um, yeah, it's... His all ages stuff is brutal being booed. I think the only time I was ever booed was um, when I first college gig. My first college gig, this is probably like in 2006. And I had only just started comedy a couple years, maybe, maybe before that. And uh, I opened for Dat Fan. Does anybody remember who that is? He was the, sounds, does sound familiar. He was the original winner of Last Comic Standing. Okay. I remember that show. And uh, he he was a nice enough guy. And he, I, I started comedy in San Diego. And he's from there. And, uh, you know, I was working at a local club. And he's like, hey, would you like to come on the road with me? And I opened Florida Atlantic University. I'll never forget it. And uh, I show up. And I just thought I was going to open for like 10 minutes. And then I get there. And I was like, I, you know, I had heard different different things from different people saying, oh, you know, it might just be a small crowd. And then it turned out to be a 700 person crowd and mm-hmm. i'd never done that as a young comedian mm-hmm. and uh then they said to me they're like they go oh we need you to do at least 20 if not 25 and i was like i have 10 minutes <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah i didn't have and i i just i said yes okay because i was already there what are you supposed to say like i was right. like i don't know what you want me to do and i started strong for the first five and then it just went quickly <laughs> down power yeah. dive and I, I tanked and I got the people, like these young kids are booing me. They were like, boo, where's, where's the DJ? And I was like, apparently it's supposed to have some oh, sort of DJ spin afterwards. And oh. yeah, it was, uh, it's a learning I've experience. Been naked, you know? <laughs> Say that again. They might as well have been naked. I mean, how it's just humiliating. Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was terrible. And then at the worst part about all that was is after I bombed, I had to sit next to the headliner after the show when people came up on their way out. So they came up to get like pictures oh. and sell merch and all that. Like, yeah, and yeah. I'm just sitting there, and people were like, "Great show!" And they look at me and they're like, "Ooh, you tried." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Oh, oh God! <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, oh, better luck next time, guy." Now you're selling like, out on rooftop. So look at you. Yeah, now I'm doing rooftop shows. <laughs> look, look, look at me. Look Come at so far for ten people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Hey Chris, can I turn the air conditioner on? It's too hot. I know that's another thing with podcast. You know, they were like, "Oh, I can hear the fan," or the, it's, it's like it's so hot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just with the, uh, the the audio, I don't know if it'll uh, it'll affect it. We can try it because we we've got gold coming out of our mouths right now. Yeah, give yes. it a, give it a shot and see what happens. See if it's too yeah, loud. You know what? Um, if it's I'm too loud. Open, I'll tell you, turn it out. Maybe the maybe I'll open the window and maybe it'll just cool off. Or that. turn it on and just turn it on low. It is nice out. Was All right, day. you guys talk amongst yourselves, <laughs> and I'll open the window. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, Amy, I uh, I got to say I'm a big fan of Strangers with Candy. Thank you. Someone just told me it's on um, CBS. Is it Access or something? Oh, something? All, all Access, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, All Access. Someone just what? said that it's on there. I was like, oh, that's funny. 
And how did that, how did that whole show start? It's so, it was so creative. I, I, I liked, um, I, I remember, you know, I think it's high school, college. I don't remember, but I remember seeing it for the first time and I was, I was just so excited. I was like, what is this? This is so great. And that was the first time I saw Stephen Colbert, Yeah, you know, and I, how did that all come about? How did that whole show an come An idea. Up? I had the idea of wanting to do an after-school special. Paul Donello had the idea that I would be an older woman who goes back, with this history and goes back. And then Colbert had the idea that I would learn the wrong lesson. So we each <laughs> brought something to the table, and we pitched it to um, Comedy Central, Ken Alterman at Comedy Central. And then they were like, yeah. So we did a pilot. And then the pilot was pretty bad, and we changed a lot from the pilot, and they and they picked it up. I mean, it was that easy. And then we were kind of like out in the woods doing a, a show, making ourselves laugh, and we did three seasons of it. I mean, it was kind of nice to do a show like that. I kind of feel like my show now is kind of like that. We have a lot of freedom. And, That's um, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I remember um, when the movie came out. Oh, uh-huh. and, and then you guys did the DVD commentary for it. And it oh. just like, it was like you guys like shitting on the movie. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember them tapping on the window saying, you guys have to talk. Yeah, and but it was, was so funny though. Because we hadn't, none of us had seen anything. Yeah, we were pretty bad about it, but. No, but it was great. I think the commentary was so, it was so funny because you guys were just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Like it was a lot of like you guys shitting on it, and it was, and it just it was silly. We should go back and redo it. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, I think we watched uh, an episode when we were working on the third season or something. Uh, but uh, you know, once in a while, I'll see stuff on Instagram, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> now, how uh, now is it true that Stephen Colbert is the world's biggest piece of shit? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, everyone loves him. How is it to work with him? He's so great, right? Oh, he is. He is. He's so funny and high reference level. Stephen can just do anything. He yeah. really is the best. Now, you guys, did you guys start together at improv? We all met at Second City. Yeah, what, Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So many, so many great performers have come out of there. A lot of great performers, but you always want to find a group of people that you work well with or one person or three, you know, whatever. It's like special to find someone that, that you work well with. So we were really fortunate to find each other there, I think. I was just noticing how much I, I like this show without me in it. No! <laughs> Daryl, come on, man. No, you guys, I was, over, was, I was over, over at the window and I was like, hey, wait. There's too many glasses in this. We need you. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you guys done it great together. Oh, okay. thanks, buddy. We should have just talked about you. What um, is your window open, or did you turn the air on? I turned the air. I did both. Oh, okay. Oh, it's because not- you know, the heat is a great killer of comedy. You know. Oh, it doesn't well, sound bad, so I think it's fine. Oh, good. Yeah. For yeah. future shows. For future yeah. shows, we can keep it on. But it's also really beautiful here today. It's it's like sixty two or sixty five. Perfect. Yep. It has been, uh, you know, it's my favorite time. I like it getting dark early. I like putting the oven on at five o'clock. <laughs> you know, I like root vegetables. I'm, I'm very excited. Wait, wait, what do you put on at five o'clock? My oven. Okay. Tell me how, tell me about that. Well, I, I, I'm just, I, that's when I can turn it on. I mean, it's dark outside at five o'clock. It's going to get dark. So you can start making dinner and that's like I the nighttime. Five or just, you know, and I like that idea a lot. And you said root vegetables. Well, you know, the kind of food your diet will change. You know, in the summer, it's more like salad, something more lightweight, where 
fall and winter, you can get into gravies and stuff. Yeah, you start bulking up. It's great. I love it. <laughs> I gained like 20 pounds last year just uh, just from the winter time. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's I don't want people to get depressed. You know, it's going to be, mm. you know, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. But they're, I they're did just, these wet. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry about that. Uh, they just announced that they're going to reopen indoor dining finally here in New York. Yeah, but only 25%, right? Yeah. So but at least that's a start. You know, at least that we have that. But you don't want that cost more to open up for 25 than it might end up costing more. But I, I don't I know. know. I haven't been to any restaurants, so I'm curious what that's going to be like. I hear, I hear terrible tales of pe- people predicting the future don't have like that we'll be in two years we'll be doing we'll be in, in chain restaurants that you know the, the local pub may not survive oh right only having you know 25 percent capacity right i mean everyone talks about you know when is broadway going to open is it going to be 2022 um but the vaccine schedules if somehow some people have to be vaccinated twice, maybe it'd be 2023, you know, um, Broadway can't have 25% capacity no. and, sur- and survive. No, they can't. I wonder what they'll do. I wonder if they'll start doing what like, Hamilton did and just like shooting it and putting it on TV or something. Well, well they, are, they already announced that they're not going to reopen until April. So they announced that last, they announced it like in June, like May or June, and they said we're just going to shut down until next year because it would cost more to get all the actors and the costumes and everything else that's involved to get that up and running. And then if they got shut down again, it would just be it would be crushing. Like they would make no money because they would never be able to get it'd be, crowds. It'd be in. devastating, you know. Yeah. But then you think a little about if you had a TV show. And you wanted to stage a show with 50 live people, 70 live people. Um, you're not selling tickets, so that's not how you're staying alive. You might get great ratings, and who knows? Yeah. Until people get tired of it. I, I, man, I'm. that's the worst part for me is, like, all the central questions that I want answered don't seem to be answerable. Yeah, the unknown is just is the really scariest part. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know we're got to keep optimistic. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying. I mean, there are to- a lot of smart people look working on a cure, and you know we're gonna we'll get one, and we'll all come out of this okay. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's just like he said, it's like you know, it's just the unknown, and oh my god, every day. Yeah. Something. I mean, man, yeah. I have people with kids, and that's where I, you know all these yeah. fires and it's just not just this it's so many other things going on it's crazy talk it's about crazy. that a little bit the people with kids that must be incredibly difficult I, how do you oh, yeah what, what do you say to the kid about the mask for instance i mean without putting fe- yeah fear. Well, you mean that you also have to like you're sending these kids back to school in some states, right? And it, you don't know it's an unknown. You know they can they can say that okay, this kid's got a mask on, it's fine for them to go. But then you have the factor of people are you know talking about this where like you say your kid has a Spider-Man mask and then his friend has a Superman mask and they're like let's trade and you're like oh. Oh, and things like that because kids are going to be kids, they're little germ factories. It's what happens and you know it's it's. No, it's just so much unknown. Like we were talking about, it's it's tough, and you know you don't know how to 
tell your kids like, yo, like, let me drive home the importance of you wearing this mask and you always washing your hands. Cause little kids don't think about that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, no. Yeah. And, and you can't really come out and say, wear the mask so you don't get killed. No. And yeah. So we don't get killed. To death. Yeah. 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 God bless the parents out there. If you guys have kids out there, man. Oh, my I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Or taking care of somebody older. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, know, you can really get down thinking about all that stuff. That's why, you know, you got to just be thankful for what you have and, but I just, it's it's hard when you have a good day like this, but then you think about, oh, yeah, everything else is on fire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard. But Does your brain, like, sometimes my brain will flatline. Like, I will watch the news, and I'll see the fires in California, and I'll see five hurricanes in a circle in the Gulf of Mexico, and then I'll see a, a small figure shooting cops, and you see all of this. In 15 minutes and my brain will just flatline and go all right i i, I can't i can't i'm gonna watch turner classic movies for the rest of the day i know you can't even believe what you're seeing you see, oh, yeah. there's so much going on this year it's insane it's in the the amount of shit that we keep on enduring through this whole year is just it's such an overload there's nothing there's never been a year like this ever oh no, and also the just the this is true this isn't true that's a hard thing too it's like yeah it's just having a crazy drunk driver and you're just like just stop it just doesn't everybody just want something just doesn't isn't everyone just so sick of all the lying and this like, you know all the different news and oh whoever knew that whoever knew that lies if done if, if done with enough expertise, so to speak, that they would do, they would work. Just lie. Yeah. Who's thought? Who ever thought that would be? I'm just so sick of it. But that's why I think people will get back to, you know, wanting to, you know, or like, yeah. Anyway, same with like reality shows. You just don't. I'm just so sick of all of that stuff. Yeah, it's like. Um, Maybe people would be like, you know, can you just give me Biden so we can fucking have a normal day? Just That's how I look at it. We have a, tra- a crazy drunk driver. We just need someone to grab the wheel, get us in the right lane, you know, just for a second. You know, who knows how We need an Uber it. driver. <laughs> yeah, we just, yeah, we just need someone to get the wheel out of your craziest, crazy yeah. drunk guy. And then just so we can, you know, get back on track somehow. This is insane. I was sitting at this pub, um, Emerald's... <laughs> over here on 72nd Street and listening to people talk. And I heard someone say these words. The words were, did you hear the president suggest that people drink Clorox? Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? (laughs) And there were other people turning around going, yep, I heard it. I heard it. I was like, wait, what happened? So the president said that maybe we should drink Clorox. We should inject. We should inject cleaners into our blood. Okay. And then people do it. Then people did it. Yeah, there were some people that did it. And plus, telling people to vote twice. It's like, oh my god, really? <laughs> you know. And, and then they all these they advance all these theories about cyber attacks and stuff like that. You know, I don't know what part of town you live in, but I live in the Upper West, and the whole Upper West Side, the power went out about four o'clock in the morning about five weeks ago. You know, and I wake up in the morning, and I, I, the thing woke me up because the air conditioner went off with a clap. And I woke up, and I was scared as fuck because, like, was this a cyber attack? I mean, that, that's being introduced to something that might be on your plate today? 
I remember yeah. Jack Apple wrote a book about that maybe eight years ago about cyber attacks. He goes, oh, it's coming. It's what's going to happen. I miss Ted Koppel. But um, I just remember seeing that book at the airport. Yeah. Like, people have the ability to shut down power systems or put something in the water. I mean, it would be so easy. But I was scared as fuck, and I called this guy I know um, who's a legendary reporter. I don't know if I should name drop, but he's legendary journalist and I called him like around 5.30 or 6 and I was like, okay, I'm fucking freaked out. The power is off on the Upper West Side of New York. I look out my window, the Upper West Side is dark. You know, and um, and I start thinking it's a cyber attack and he goes, you know what, you're not out of your mind. You're not crazy. Why wouldn't you think that? Right, Especially right. after everything that's happened this year. I mean, this whole year has been so insane. It's like, well, what's next? This? Yeah. Is this the shit that we're waiting for? What? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, how many times have you, have you called it? See, in my part of the world or in my little world, people are numb. And they're like, and, and plus there's so many fucking weird things. How do you grab onto one of them? That every three hours is a new weird story. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And there's killer beetles and weird. And 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 you ever see those images of California? It looks like hell, doesn't it? Oh, it looks God. like Mars up in San Francisco with all those fires. Everything is just it's. It'll be like 10 a.m. and it's it's bright red everywhere mm-hmm. because there's so many fires. It's just like what else is happening now? Well, that'd be so scary. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Amy, are you watching any series that you love? I think I, I went back, you know, I'm so desperate to watch something good, but I went back and what, I never saw any of the Hannibal series, any of the Hannibal movies. Like there were Signs of the Lambs, which is a pretty flawless movie, but I never saw Hannibal or um, Red Dragon. So I just rewatched those. Both were superb. Or watched, not rewatched, just saw And them. I started watching the Hannibal series. <clears throat> oh, there's a series called Hannibal. Oh, I didn't know there was a series. Yeah, there's a TV it's, show. It's, yeah. it's incredible, but I mean. Oh, well, I got <clears throat> It is about Hannibal Lecter. Uh-huh, right. For the squeamish. But yeah, but who plays Hannibal? Man, I should know the guy's name. He's phenomenal. For like, you know, documentaries, I've been, you know, if it comes out, I'll watch it. Um, Have you seen um, The Jinx? Yes, I love The Jinx. Wow. I just turned a friend of mine on to that, and she's locking her door. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I hate to say this. I'm a pretty simple urchin, sea urchin. I'm <laughs> like, when I, when I saw that, that fucking guy. I literally, because I, you know, I live in a building with a door, with a lot of security. I never locked my doors ever, and I do now. Um. He scared the living <laughs> shit out of me, and he's he's he is really scary, and, and it's super well written. Oh, good to know. Well, that's something new. I started watching Falda. Have you watched Falda? Falda. Don't know anything about it. What is that? F a u d a. It's about uh, Palestinian Israeli conflict. Um, it's interesting for me I love that I'm seeing these Middle Eastern actors that I wouldn't otherwise have seen who are Mm -hmm. phenomenal actors Um, I can get swept away with the acting if the acting's you know wonderful the story can lack a little but in this case the stories are great and the 
acting is wild. And um, it, what, what? How do you see that? Huh? It's on Netflix. Found oh, up. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. The old Netflix. The old Netflix. Have you guys watched? Have you seen the show um, Succession on HBO? Amy, I, I haven't gotten into it yet. It's excellent. I it's love not- Brian Cox. I like the cast a lot, but I just haven't. When I started watching, I thought, okay, I don't know if I'm ready for these kinds of people right now. <laughs> that's all. But I'm I'm gonna watch. Yeah, it. that's fair. That's fair. The first couple episodes are a little slow, but it's a very extremely well written series like the the first season really ramps up and the second season is excellent and okay. and the cast the cast is just perfect but i mean you know you, you there are people that don't like breaking bad right. it's true yeah and you're like wait their own it's always how it goes you know like some people like don't like you know uh, game of thrones they're like oh i don't want to watch dragons and whatever right. else and yeah i get it i understand but i i think that uh right now what, what we're doing right now we've got Plenty of time to check out everything and at least <laughs> give things a shot, you know? Like <laughs> Exactly. That's right. All the like, time in the world. Back and watch that or yeah. movies from the eighties or early nineties. I'm like, Absolutely. okay, let's just watch five of those in a row or Yeah. What have what have you been doing in quarantine outside of catching up on some of these movies and stuff? Uh, catching up on uh, movies and stuff, uh you know, um cleaning, cooking. Um, read. I'll go through. I'll read four books, and then I won't read anything after that. Like okay. you know, I'll pick up another one. You know, random. It's yeah. been a little bit all over the place. But there are a couple friends that I do hook up with, so I've been able to see people. That's great. And, and then I go out to the suburbs to um, visit my godchildren. So that's oh, great. excellent. Yeah, that's something important. My brother important. David lives up on the Upper East Side, so when he's here, I get to see him. So it's you know, and I, and exercising. That's kind of like when I make my job. Like every day, I try to exercise. That's great. I mean, it's important. All that stuff's important. Mental health right. and physical health. You gotta, gotta get out. You gotta go. You know, at least see somebody if you can. Or, or you know, I go for walks. I go long walks a lot. Yeah. You know, I will, I start walking, and then after like a, I don't know, maybe an eighth of a mile, some part of me goes, "How fit are you supposed to be, dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is really unpleasant. <laughs> like, where's the bench?" You know, I, I, I've chosen this part of town. It, it's a little hilly. Walking to Riverside Park, and, then, and I, one, all at once, I noticed, yeah, I, I, I don't like this. I yeah. just did an eighth of a mile. I mean, like, I'm not, maybe that's enough. Well, do you, do when you walk, do you listen to a podcast or any music, or are you just nothing? I don't walk with anything. I don't like to listen to stuff when I walk, but yeah, maybe I, I should. I think it's. I think it kind of makes the, the the walk go faster. So I listen to podcasts and and that music. Is my brother David, he he listens to a lot of podcasts and stuff. But I or books on tapes. But I I don't know. I have a hard time doing that. I always think I'm going to miss something. You know, if I hear other people's conversations or whatever. Thanks. Yeah, in case a squirrel runs across your path and you and then you miss like four. You miss like a paragraph, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do go to the park and feed the squirrels. I, I buy Google nuts <laughs> and uh, buy expensive nuts, and I'll go uh, feed the squirrels. I've been feeding pigeons a lot. Oh, uh-huh. Is that I got nothing going on. Happens, is that what happens with age? Because now, like, I'm starting to think about where I sit down. I'm like, I would just love to feed animals now. <laughs> like, Oh, they're the best. Nature's <laughs> the best. Baby bunnies and squirrels and chipmunks. And it's like you can't even believe your eyes. It's yeah. 
fun. And, and I how, have a pet. Do you guys have a pet or are you or nothing? I don't. No, I want to get a dog though. That I'm looking to move into a, a new building soon and I want to find oh. one that allows dogs. And why are you moving? Are you moving because why you want to move? Around? Oh, I just wanted to find, uh, well, now that, the, you know, New York, the rents are so cheap because, you know, so many people have moved out because their jobs are no longer here or they work from home kind of thing and they don't want to pay for, you know, these expensive rents, which I understand. So, like, you know, a lot of these are, there's a lot of availability here in New York and in, in Manhattan specifically. So uh, I feel like um, this is a unique time that it won't exist again in the future. Like New York, people are saying New York is dead and, and that's an aspect that they could look at. But I think it's going to bounce back. And I think that, yeah, like and I think it'll be bounced back as soon as this next year, in the next summer, I think, you know, and at least I hope. And I want to take advantage of that. I want to find a nice place that um, that maybe I couldn't have lived in before this. You know, where the rent is is, is actually affordable enough where I'm not, like, spending every last penny that I have to live there, you know? So uh, I'm not in uh, a rush to get out of where I am now. I live in in Greenpoint in Brooklyn, but, like... Oh, okay. And I love the neighborhood. It's it's great, and the place is great, but I'd rather find something that's, you know, maybe, like, a deal that I would normally have not found. And also, my building doesn't allow dogs, so I'd like to find something where I could get a dog. Perfect, yeah, and get a dog. That's great. Yeah. What kind of dog? I just go to the pound and go to the shelter and just and, and just find some, you know, like they. I would let it find me. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody says like yeah, just, they rescued me. Uh, <laughs> that's what I would. I, I, you know, that's it's cliche, but it's what you do. You just go and you find the right dog that you know, and you're like, oh man, this one won't leave me alone. I think I'm gonna take it. You know, like. <laughs> do you have a pet, Amy? I have a rabbit. A rabbit. Oh, what's yeah. the rabbit's name? Tina. Tina. Yeah, Tina. Came with the name Tina. And I had Tina for four years, and then I found out Tina was a boy. Ah, I've been here for four ah, years. So, um, but I kept saying Tina. No, I'm surprised you didn't switch it to Tino. Tino or Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's funny when people have, when people have pets that have, a, like, human names. Because they'll oh, be like, know. yeah, Tino shit in the house again. And you're like, Jesus, Amy, what's your boyfriend doing? <laughs> Randy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darryl, so we've had, uh, go ahead. I was going to ask you if you could get a pet, what would you get? I want a pug. A pug? Oh, I love pugs. Pugs I are all, I was all set to buy a pug and I pay pay a breeder and get, you know, I really studied. I bought all the, all the, the dog stuff you can get. I read the books on how to take care of this dog and I found all the places in Los Angeles and then I lost every single one of my jobs. <laughs> I thought to myself, what if I never fucking have another job? Can I afford, you know, the last thing in the world I want that I'm really afraid of is having a creature that's dependent on me that I can't support. Right, right. You, know, you, can, you can only, what happens, and that's, that's a pet. What happens if you have a kid that you can't feed? True. Where does your mind go? You know, I heard a stat on TV the other day that there would be, by Christmas, there would be 28 million homeless people in this country. I mean, even if it's a million. Right. Doesn't. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> I know. What do you do? That's the greatest pain I can even imagine. And I'd then, start getting pretty crazy pretty fast if I couldn't feed my baby. Yeah. And then right. desperation happens. Like even rats get desperate. You know, the rats in New York City. You yeah. How do you mean? They do? Yeah. 
Well, they they had a story about them where they're saying that the because the you know especially during quarantine there weren't as many people out throwing away trash or whatever. So the, the, yeah, so they started to um, get aggressive. Yeah, you know because they were they were desperate. They were like you know if you were just standing there they, and you had some food in your hand they would try to run up to you. Yeah, there's a place in on Seventy Third and off of Broadway in in Amsterdam called Verdi Square V E R D I and. There's a patch of land there where people from the Upper West Side come and plant a little tulip, a little flower, just a little something. Mm-hmm. But the rats eat them. Oh. You know, the, the rats overrun them. So there were nine rat holes, which they threw poison in and plugged up. And don't you know, these rats dug, came up through nine other holes, which they, they, they funneled through, like with the skill of the Army Corps of Engineers. I mean, they're really fucking good at this, you know, and smart. <laughs> and they're back. So, I don't know. Desperate People rats. always wonder why we have, like, this mutant race of rats, but we just throw our trash outside, you know, and, and, and it's always in the street because, for some reason, New York doesn't use dumpsters. I don't know why. Well, we don't have alleys. Yeah, we don't have alleys, but still, I mean, nobody puts anything in a receptacle type thing. Right, and, right. You know, and then these rats are eating. They're eating like kings. And then when, when you know, when we're gone, you know, and the restaurants are shut down and they don't they don't have as much food, then there are people like, why are they getting so aggressive? Because yeah. we've been feeding them. They're huge. <laughs> they, you know, they're, they're, they lost weight. They need to regain that. Like Lost weight. Yeah, you know, these I, guys I, are I, down. I was staying at a hotel on Hammond Street uh, in Los Angeles in, in West Hollywood. And I left my, I was on the second floor, and I left the screen door slightly ajar, apparently. Um, I'd been eating on the balcony, and I came in. And... Uh, I was awoken in the middle of the night to paper. It sounded like papers being rustled at the foot of my bed uh-uh. where I had my arm back and there was a, a raccoon a oh my through, God. going through my arm bag. It was the craziest. <laughs> Holy but, shit. So I had a bag. Of raw, uh, I had a baggie with raw almonds in my arm bag. That's all that was the only food stuff in there. And, and if I could somehow depict, when I wrestled my covers, I must have made some sort of sound. And the rat, the, the raccoon looked at me like a, like a. <laughs> some kind of fucking problem. <laughs> I mean, I figured, yeah, he was like, is this some kind of fucking situation here? Am I going to have to fucking deal with this thing right now? You understand, you son of a bitch, almonds. <laughs> Almonds. <laughs> Almonds. Get the fuck out of here. He walked out. He was like, I'm not eating fucking almonds. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's People like, I don't eat fuck- healthy. I'm called a trash panda for a reason. People have fucking, you know, quiche on their balconies and and, and meat. <laughs> but, he, but that knowing glance, like, like. How dare you? How dare you, sir? That's Some kind of fucking problem here. <laughs> I, I, I smell an animated show about that raccoon. Yeah, well, we, we got I, a I new thought it was very there. interesting. I saw the same thing with a with a bear once when I was playing in the Adirondacks and we were driving from the club back to the hotel and a bear and her babies just decided to walk across the street and I guess it was a mama bear and so we halted and, and the you know the babies are coming across and at one point the bear turned and gave us that look like 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, not going to have a fucking problem, are we? <laughs> it's, all right. So do me a favor, go fuck yourself, okay? <laughs> I'm a fucking bear. These are my babies. You heard about mama bears. All right? No yeah, fucking around. You're not do something. Like the, uh, the frat boy, I go, do something. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, but, but the, the calm gaze of, uh, of, of an animal to a weaker animal. Just like, mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> I have one more animal story, and then I'll quit, okay? Okay, well, oh, that's right. Uh, the other day I saw this, uh, I guess, a Great Dane. I'd say the dog weighed 220. Wow. A large dog was um, leaving himself uh, on the street, um, just slightly <laughs> in, the, in the street. And one of those little yappy dogs comes up behind the the. The Great Dane is <laughs> while he the Great Dane is peeing and begins with I'd give a million dollars if I could see that Great Dane if I had a film of that Great Dane just going Really? <laughs> really. That's and legitimately goes, like me in every fight. Yeah, the, and the dog just goes, rip, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly great. that's exactly how it looks when I try to fight anybody in a bar, you know? Like well, when you I, try to, Amy doesn't know I'm a short guy, so it's just always funny when people like they're like, Really? You? <laughs> Have you actually ever thrown a punch at somebody? No. I mean, I'm not that guy. I'm never going to, like, you know, pick a fight. But I'm also not a guy who, like, you know, if somebody wanted to fight me, I'd be like, I, I mean, I guess. You know, like. Um, I don't even, you know, there was a guy that made a, back when I was on TV, that made a death threat. And someone said, well, you can, you can, you, you, you know, look like you could handle yourself. I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to make a fucking fist. <laughs> okay. In terms of punching a person, do you know how to make a fist? Have you ever punched anyone, Amy? No. <laughs> no. no I always think about that in movies when you get they get punched. Like that's really got to hurt your, you know. Yeah, they, they say it the, feels horrible. They say the key is to put your thumbs inside because otherwise you'll break your thumbs off. So keep oh. your thumbs. Wait, you, I would think you put it inside. You would you would break it off. No, if you put it inside, I think is the way you're supposed to. Because if you have it it's out just, like this, you break your thumbs. I don't know. It's just not in me, man. I had guys I went to high school with that had bar fights all the time. But <laughs> I mean, I as a comic, get... I'll talk a lot of shit, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I have bigger friends to back I me mean... up, you know. <laughs> yeah. My first time on stage was at Grandpa's Shooting Star in Long Island, and of course, I was the MC. And this is quite a while ago, and yeah. I didn't know what to do as the MC. My first time on stage in New York, and I said to an audience member, "I go so." Uh, uh, what do, you, what do you what do you do for a living, sir? He goes like this. He goes, no. <laughs> oh. No. And someone afterward goes, do you know where you fucking are? You're a stand up. <laughs> and I'm not a he-man, you know? I'm just, no, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> just not cut out <laughs> for fisticuffs and shit like that, right? <laughs> My first play in football, uh, when I was 14 years old, my first, I never played football, but I decided to go off the team. So we put on our pads and we have this scrimmage. And now down on my stance, the quarterback calls the play and a guy knocks me, 
knocks my block off. I mean, rings my bell. I mean, I'm dizzy. It was extremely painful. And I, you guys, I'm such an asshole. I literally turned to the guy next to me and I said, um, does that happen a lot? <laughs> In football. I'm like, I'm like, wait, how often does that happen? Yeah. Uh. Plus, I like that you went out for the team and you never even played, but that's pretty... Well, I was trying to please my pa in those days. Oh, okay. He had insinuated that there was something less than masculine about me (laughs) um, because I didn't want to play. And he had... I was like, well, I'm I'm masculine. I'll play. (laughs) And I (laughs) go out there to play and the guy just... Screams me. Oh. oh my God, have you ever had your ass beat? Not like that. Not like oh. that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like every bone reverberating. And and just the the abject humiliation of being so physically overwhelmed. Oh, so yeah, physically yeah. Oh, yeah. so physically okay. overpowered. Mm-hmm. And, and there's the ringing ears. And I has, I had to say that stupid thing like I really said it. <laughs> I was like how often does this fucking happen? Is it, is it, ju- is it just me? <laughs> like, is this shit going to keep alive? Or what's my, my favorite thing is, like, when somebody asks, like, you know, you're trying to get out of small talk. Like, if like an Uber driver or something like, oh, hey, like, especially in L.A., Uber drivers love to ask you what you do for a living. Especially in L.A. because they're all in the entertainment industry and they're all trying to network. Yeah, so this one guy asked, he's like, what do you do for a living? I was like, oh, I play linebacker for the Jets. And he just stared at me and he was like, all right, because <laughs> like, I'm five foot four. I wear glasses. I know that nobody, you know, like it's nobody's gonna believe me. But it's it's my favorite thing to say when somebody goes, "What do you what, uh, what do you do for a living?" I'm like, "Oh, I play center for the Knicks," and just keep walking, like or get out of, you know, like it, it, because I'm just not a, a you know a, a menacing guy. So I just try to say the most ridiculous thing, and I'm waiting for one day where somebody goes, "Really? <laughs> yeah, really." So, all right, so Amy, you're, let's say you're walking down the street. And someone comes up to you and goes, excuse me, are you, are you, do you ever go, no, no, I'm not. Because look at this face. I kind of look like everyone, right? This, my face, they're like, and plus people have only seen me in makeup. So then they want to stop and talk to you. Wait, come on. Who, who is this? Who is, and I'm like, <laughs> I am a medium celebrity <laughs> I am not a big star you're making me extremely uncomfortable and I'd like to leave. I'd like to keep walking yeah but you're on that fucking uh, yeah do you get do you get recognized often Amy or no not too much I, okay. I, I think I disguise myself so much in so many things that but it doesn't bother me when I do or they'll think I'm Amy Poehler <laughs> Well, the one great thing about what's going on right now, the one great thing, especially if you're famous, is that we're all wearing masks now. So it's like, you know, you're not going to get stopped too often unless somebody like, is, you have such a unique look where you're standing out and you're like, oh yeah, like clearly that's me, you know, like, but right, I mean, right, right. you're wearing a hat and, and, a, and a mask over your face. A lot of people are, you know, nobody's looking at each other for the most part because we are all masked up. So you're right. not going to really get recognized. I, I saw one positive. I saw this real this actor who's known for being incredibly handsome and you know, just a really sexy guy. Go ahead, and mask a great him actor. up. Mask him up. I don't want to hear that. No, he was over <laughs> at, at, at fucking Gray's Papaya, and he put a beard. He had grown his beard out, and he was wearing a Gilligan's Island hat, and he had 
<laughs> military flak jacket on, his head was down, and you're like, no, you're John M. <laughs> no, you're no, you're. It's not working because <laughs> I know you're trying not to look handsome and shit, and it's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. You get more attention, right? Yeah, you look just as handsome this way as as. Without. Yeah, I saw. I once saw Brad Pitt at a at this bar I worked at. He came in and he was like doing something for a role, and he grew up this massive beard. I mean, this thing was huge. I don't remember what role it was for. It was back in like 2010, something like that. I worked at a bar in LA, and uh, and man, I was like, I was looking at him, and I'm staring at this guy, and I'm like, how do, how do I know this dude? And then the more I stared at it, I was like, holy shit, that's Brad Pitt. Like, you, it takes one second away with the beard. Like, it'll, right, it, right. it just gives you, a, you know, more, more time to stare at somebody like, oh, how do I know this guy? And why do I think he's gorgeous? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, could you say that again just the same way? Why do I think he's gorgeous? And why do I think he's gorgeous? Yeah. Why am I in love? Yeah. I, well, there, this was... Uh, a fun story. I've, uh, I've told it only like once or twice before, but like I was working at that bar and that day that I met him, it, I didn't know it was a private party. It was a private buyout at this, this nightclub I worked at. And, uh, turns out it was a celebrity wedding and I didn't know. And he was a guest with Angelina Jolie and a bunch of other famous people. And, um, you know, I'm working behind the bar and bartending and, uh, you know, he comes up to me and he tries to start small talking with me. And he was like, Oh, are you, are you an actor? And I said, uh, I said, no, I'm, I'm actually a stand-up comedian. And he was like, Oh, how's that going? And I just looked at him. I was like, well, it'd be going a lot better if you and your wife would adopt me. <laughs> just deadpan. Just again, <laughs> Chris with the fucking psych ward. <laughs> no, fucking... but he died laughing. He, I got him. It was a good joke. Come on. It was a, it tell, was a silly joke. Me. Tell Amy how you tried to pick up the chick last week. Uh oh, where'd you try to pick her up? Uh, I was in a park. Uh, this is we talked about this on the last podcast, but I was in a park. We're going to talk about it every podcast. <laughs> Daryl loves to give me shit over this, but I tried to pick up a woman in a park. Uh, she's walking her dog, and uh, she didn't have a mask on. I was like, man, this woman is gorgeous, and like the dog actually kind of walked up to me. And I started like this conversation. I was like, is it okay to pet your dog? He clearly likes me more than you. Just like a little flirty joke, joke. And, uh, and you know, she's like smiled. She's like, sure, you know, go ahead. And, uh, and I said, how's your day going? And she was like, oh, it's fine. And I said, well, it should be going better because you just met me. You hit the jackpot. You won the lottery. Silly, you know, just very silly. And Daryl was like, did you really fucking say that? Did you fucking do, do, say this? Do, do, Are you out do, here in 2020? <laughs> you know you know who used a similar approach to women he'd never met before? The co-ed killer, okay? <laughs> the co-ed killer. That's Yay, the, right. Yeah, she's like the co-ed killer, yeah. Edward ice Kemp breakers. or something. The killer icebreakers. <laughs> And this is a true story. There's something similar like this happened over the weekend. Again, like I, I didn't, this time it wasn't me uh, necessarily approaching someone, but there's a, I did a show on Staten Island, uh, which is, you know, in case you're wondering how desperate I am for stage time, um, went out to Staten Island. No, it was great. And it was a lot of fun. And this woman says to the other comedian, she was, while I'm on stage, she says, I think I fucked that guy. <laughs> They, they what? were like, what? And uh, they, she's like, yeah, I think I think I went to college. Pointing to you? Yeah, and while I'm on stage. I didn't know this until I got off stage and oh, they told okay. me. And then you know, they're, apparently they, they were like, they all came like rushing up to me. They're like, by the way, this woman in the crowd oh said, my God. I think she fucked you and, and back in college. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I looked at her. I was like, there's, no, I, I never did. You know, there's no way. And 
So she's leaving. And I said to her, I was like, so did we go to college together? Uh, is that what I hear? And she goes, did I fuck you once in your dorm? Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't live in a dorm. But I go, you want to have a college reunion later? We can. <laughs> Just, you know, quick joke. And needless to say, she walked away. But um, I, I was like, you know, there's, I, I thought it was a silly thing that happened. I was like, maybe she wanted to, I don't know. It was very odd. And I was like, who says that to people that they shouldn't even know these other comedians? She just was like, I think I fucked that guy one time at a dorm. Like, Bye. Like, yeah. I would have remembered, <laughs> you know, okay. Amy, can you make that sound that, that I, I can't make it when you're, where you're going Ew, ew. You know what I'm talking about? Well, women will go, ew. Ew. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that it. Ew. Yeah, I, ew. Chris. Yeah, great. Daryl thinks I'm like the creepiest dude on earth, and he may not be wrong, okay? But, uh, <laughs> no, I, th- I, I think it's right on the fence. It's not, it's not. Yeah. I'm quarantine not- creepy now. Like, I've been locked up for, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> I just. I'm trying right. to get out more. I'm trying to be better about things, but uh, you know, I'm having fun with it. I don't care. Nothing's you know. I, I want to tell Amy a story. Okay, go ahead. Okay. When I was playing Clinton, sometimes women would hit on me. Oh God! I guess thinking that they would be having dinner with someone who faintly or moderately resembled resembled the president of the United <laughs> States. And, and and I can always remember that that time during the meal when it would dawn on them like he's boring. He's not Bill Clinton. But I one night when I was at the comedy cellar, um, a young lady, uh, mid twenties. Uh, is it okay to say she uh, hot? She's hot. Yeah. I say that right. Yeah. She was of one of those attractive women. Like <clears throat> I remember thinking to myself when I when she, when she, I was like, is she coming over to me? And I remember thinking to myself, she can't be. I remember literally thinking, I have as much chance of being with that girl as I do being shit on the head by ET. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it can't happen. What an analogy! All right, <laughs> All right but I, so she comes over to me and she introduces herself and. She starts telling me how she enjoys the lyrical swoon of my characters and the minimalism of my approach to playing a part. And mm-hmm. I thought she was uh, like an English teacher. And I said, are, are you an English teacher? She said, uh, no, I'm a fetishist. Uh-huh. I said, what, what is a fetishist? And she says, I jerk dudes off with my feet. <laughs> oh, my God. And I like... I said, um, I responded like she said, I sell aluminum side and I went, really? (laughs) Yeah, right on. Tell me more. Right on. (laughs) And she said to me, um, what kind of deal do you have? (laughs) Listen, uh, I've never done this before, but would you be interested in a freebie? And I, I, and I did one of these things like, um, now, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, like that. And you know, I've, I, I've really regretted it. Because you didn't do it? <laughs> I didn't do it. I thought, she's a fucking, she's got to be a killer, man. Because <laughs> on our. It's they just so a, weird, though. I know, but. It's weird, yeah. But I once to, had to this each their own, com- man, to each their own. 
There was a cop that came in one day and said something along the lines of uh, at SNL, we were warned about women who would basically warn like you know. It went like this. The guy's like, well, now that you're on TV, the good news is the good news and there's bad news. The good news is you're going to get a lot of free pussy. (laughs) The bad news is there ain't no such thing as free pussy. And then said something like, when a 25-year-old woman is willing to be with a 55-year-old man 30 seconds after they met, Mother Nature will not endorse your plan. (laughs) <laughs> and what he was saying was there's crazies and there's professional teams you know yeah, I, ended up be, I ended up I ended up getting stalked one time and I'll never forget what that guy said I don't know if that's an interesting story or not but we're just talking right yeah. <laughs> I like the accent it's definitely oh fun. yeah I like that voice too a lot it's a good voice Making 25 year old woman a 50 year old 5 year old man <laughs> <laughs> it's a new character. It's a new character for Amy's show. Yeah, fifty-five year old man. Yeah, the security, the security guard. Amy, I hope one day we see each other in the street. And I know, me too. We will, maybe. All right. Um, I mean, I would, I would like to have lunch or some fucking thing, but you know how it is. Well, you wake you, up every huh? You, now you have all my information. So. Yeah, now you got her number now and yeah, everything well, else. So that's. I'm around. We'll coordinate it. Coordinate it, man. We'll coordinate it. Now, Amy, do you have a story that you'd yeah. like to tell us at the end I have here? A story, but you yeah. said for something. So yeah. I was watching a documentary called Outcry. Um, and there's a guy who ends up going to prison. He wasn't supposed to go to prison. He's innocent. He gets out after eight or nine years. But he learned how to make a pizza while he was in prison. And I'm, I'm going to read you his recipe. Okay. And it's from the documentary Outcry. He goes, prison pizza. He goes, first of all, you take ramen noodles and graham crackers and you crush them together, okay? And then you put them in a, a bag. You put them in a big, um, like a hefty bag. You put it in there and then you add boiling water to it and you let it sit for two or three minutes. So then it's going to form a ball of dough. That's going to be your dough. So the ramen noodles and the graham crackers form the dough. Then you flatten it out, and this is his pizza crust. And then on top of it, he added refried beans, chili, tuna, summer sausage, pickles, crunch up some sour cream and onion chips, and then you add ranch dressing and honey. What That's the interesting. Fuck? And I just like, I go, I can't even make that up. And he said it was delicious. Doesn't that sound awful? It sounds like the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of in my life. I love bad recipes. I can't, I love bad <laughs> ideas and bad recipes. That's what I, I, I love oh. the stupid thing. But when I saw that recipe, I mean, I mean, he's in prison, I know, but he just kept topping it. But then to add, run, put honey on top of ranch dressing, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that's really good. That like sounds like some sounds like something from your show, like of you yeah, making you baking yeah. something in the oven. Yeah, prison pizza, yeah. ramen noodles, and graham cracker. The next time you, you do an episode, you've got to you got to write that in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a distant cousin of yours or a distant relative or something. Could be. Oh yeah, by yeah. Well, let me cook for you or a date. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
That's definitely got uh, at home with Amy Sedaris written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered. I'm flattered. Yeah. Well, guys, it was nice talking to you. Yeah. Thanks thank- for me to be on your show. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, and everybody, please check out her show. It's on True TV. It's called At Home with Amy Sedaris, or you can watch old episodes of Strangers with Candy. That's out on That's <laughs> All Access we just figured out. So thank you so much. And anything else you'd like to plug? Go ahead, if you'd like. I know. I, you know, I'll be seeing Daryl sometime soon. That's it. Yeah. Keep an eye out if you live in New York. Maybe you'll see these two in, uh, <laughs> on the street somewhere yelling across the park at each other. <laughs> Social distancing. But uh, yeah, yeah, just, fu- just like sit on a bench and eat a sandwich or something. Yeah. Feed, yeah. The, okay. feed the rats. We'll do yes. All right. Yeah, feed the animals. Uh, thank you so much, Amy. Appreciate uh, you so yeah. much for being thank on you. it. Bless uh, you, Amy. Amy Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. Great. That was so great. Uh, if you guys don't already follow her, please follow her on social media, uh, Amy Sanders. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's where our, our, our podcast for the week. Okay. Third person podcast. Daryl, did you have a great time with us? See ya. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye, See Amy. You See you later. Uh, and shout out to Daryl for, uh, you know, making me feel creepy as always, uh, <laughs> guys, that that's our episode for today. If you haven't already, please, please, please subscribe, download, uh, give us five stars and tell your friends. That's how this is going to grow. Please, please, please tell your friends, share it on social media. We really appreciate it. We've been getting a lot of great feedback so far. A lot of, uh, awesome messages on social media, a lot of just, uh, positive things. And, uh, I hope that you guys continue to listen. We've got such great guests. I mean, Amy Sedaris, what an, what an amazing guest today. You know, I want you to put, um, the raccoon story on my Instagram. Yes. We'll, we'll cut this up and we'll throw it on Instagram and, uh, you know, it's, it'll be out there on iTunes or on Spotify. And hopefully by the time this hits, uh, we'll have this on Google Google podcast as well. I'm trying to get that up there as well. So guys, thank you so much. Uh, that has been the third person podcast with Daryl Hammond. I'm Chris Milhouse. Please make sure to add us all on uh, social media as per usual at Daryl C Hammond. And I am at Chris Milhouse. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you on the next podcast. <laughs>